Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Gratitude. And for today's episode, we have a really special guest for you all. He is a dear friend to us. He is a fellow SPT and a SPT Navigation System alumni. And Meng is on the podcast today. So thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you guys having me. Of course. And we're so excited to hear more about your story. So if you want to tell the listeners, going back to the beginning of how did you get started into physical therapy? All right. Uh, I think I take it back to like high school, senior year of high school. Like I kind of started out wanting to be a um, an FBI agent. Like I'm big into like, you know, law and order, criminal minds, NCIS, phones, those kind of shows. So we had a career day in high school and uh, FBI agent came by and he was telling us about his job. And I was like, dude, this sounds perfect. This is exactly what I see on TV. I'm going to go with this. So going into undergrad, I, I, I started out as a justice major and I was like really set on following the, the FBI path. But then I started, um, I, I was also chasing the, the dream of trying to play college basketball that's my first love and that's what I love to do so my friends saw that and they were like you like basketball you like sports you like training why don't you like look at physical therapy and I had no idea what it was I I never got hurt or anything major like that and growing up so I was never exposed to it and so then I started doing some research and I was like dude so like people can come to you like and you can help them get back to doing what they love to do. And I was like, and you're like involved in sports. And I was like, this is perfect. And so once I kind of made the switch from justice to, um, um, I had to switch to biology because we don't have a PT program here in Alaska, but the biology degree uh, fulfilled all my prereqs. Once I made that switch, I got connected with a, a PT here and he kind of showed me you know, what a day in the life is like as a PT. And I got to, I really enjoy it. I got to see a variety of, of, um, of injuries, um, figure out how to talk to people, listen to a lot of stories. And it kind of just like uh, captivated me. It was like, this is what I want to do. This is the kind of impact I want to have on my community. And that's kind of how it's been ever since. So I give a lot of credit to my professor who linked me with Wally, who's a PT I had over here, and then the rest of the sister from there. And just so people know, because you kind of sprinkled this in here, 
um, in Alaska, because <laughs> that is where you grew up. Can you talk about that a little bit? So how has it been growing up there? I'm kind of diverting for a second, and then we'll get back to where you are now as a student. But how has it been your experience in Alaska? And how has that transition been as a student to the main, I guess you're still on the mainland. Do you still consider, <laughs> is that still the mainland? Oh my God. I don't know. I call, I call like the lower 48 the states. I think of Alaska as its own little thing, even though we're part of the U.S., but I call everywhere else in the lower 48 the states, except Hawaii. Hawaii the lower 48. Island. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so let's kind of talk about that transition from Alaska to the lower 48. Yeah. I mean, Alaska, Alaska's home for me. I was born here. I was the first person in my family born here. So I, I've kind of just, we've just been here ever since. Um, in the in the wintertime, it's like really dark. It's really cold. Um, not a lot of sunlight. And so you got to kind of find ways to uh, like keep moving and like, like go enjoy, you know, what we have out here. Because there's a lot to do out here, but you just got to go find it. Kind of like everywhere else. But in the summertime, it's like the total opposite. Sunlight for like 20 hours a day. The sun doesn't go down. It never gets dark. It, it's kind of trippy, but you get used to it. And like a lot of outdoor stuff, a lot of hiking, a lot of fishing, a lot of camping, um, a lot of, you know, hanging out with your friends at late hours of the night because it looks like it could be midnight, but it's like it looks like it's two o'clock in the afternoon. So it's like there was no reason to go inside if that's the case. So, but um, that, that's, that's the life I grew up in. And there's not a lot of, you know, we don't have a PT program out here. We don't have, um, we just got a PTA program, which was, which was something I considered, but I was like, I don't really want to do the PTA route. And I kind of wanted to explore what life was like out in the States, just because I've never really been out there besides to visit, you know, family and stuff. And I wanted to see what it was like. So honestly, the adjustment has been a little hard for me, honestly um because i i go to school in boston and that's a big jump from alaska to boston just in terms of like you know the environment the amount of people how much things there are to do like there's for like professional sports like i don't have that here we don't have that here and that's something that i've like still getting used to and it's honestly taken me a long time just to get used to the the change and you know there's a four-hour time difference and so i have to figure out all right like when i wake up i can't call my fam because it's 2 a.m so they're sleeping so i I gotta adjust that so honestly i mean it's cool but it's definitely a hard adjustment for sure but yeah the the adjustment i feel like especially into your first semester you're in Boston, new PT school, new cohort, new environment. And I mean, would you say you were, you are fully adjusted now or you're still in that transition? Um, I think I'm working on it like a lot better than when I first started, but I wouldn't say I'm completely adjusted yet, even though it's been six months. It's just something that I feel like is going to take me a long time even though like I've been there for so long, but it's just, I've grown up here my whole life and I'm used to certain things. Like even when like at five o'clock in the summertime over the summer, 
when the sun was like would go down i'm like what is happening right now <laughs> like i'm not i'm not used to that so i mean i i think it'll come with time but it's just taking me a little longer but i'm not mad at it either like i feel like that's part of the process part of my process that i had to go through yeah and the hard thing then to decide is when do you consider yourself to be fully adjusted and gabby you can answer this too i'm going to throw this at you as well like when are students fully adjusted especially if you've moved a lot of people move from one state to another but maybe not quite as drastic as alaska to boston but when do you consider yourself to be fully adjusted and can you be okay so i definitely think you can be fully adjusted and for each person it's going to be varied because you know some people are moving a few states away they're still on the east coast so like myself i just moved one state away and still in the carolinas but i would say once you have like honestly i think it's a personal thing once you have you know, adjusted to your cohort, your environment, and just kind of the way you do life. I feel like that's when you feel adjusted, but it's a different experience for everyone. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something that you got to figure out on your own terms. And it can't be something that, hey, you've been here a year. Why aren't you adjusted yet? Like, it doesn't work like that. But I think once you, like, get comfortable with your environment, Comfortable, comfortable with your class, kind of like what you just said. I think it's just a matter of, okay, I have moved. I'm not at home anymore, but I'm here now. Like, I have to make the most of it. And I think that's kind of the mentality that I'm trying to take into school now. So I think that helps make it an easier transition. I like that. Adjusting to the cohort. And I know we're being kind of vague in this, but I think adjusting to your cohort, meaning you you feel comfortable, like you said, Ming, you feel comfortable with them and you feel like you can talk to them. And for me, finding where the grocery stores are, (laughs) where you get your food, like all the basic things that come with moving to a new place, it's going to be about food and friends. And that's what it comes down to. And I kind of have found that because I just moved a couple of days ago. But (laughs) I got to find where the food is at and I got to make some friends. And then the rest is kind of history from there. The environment will come. Everything else will come. But that's a side rant I had to go down. And now I lost track of where I was headed with that. Oh, tell people. So as a student, where are you at now? And can you share a bit about how your school is set up in terms of classes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I go to MGH IHP, which is Massachusetts General Hospital Institute of Health Professions out in Boston. Um, and we kind of have a, a different curriculum set up than a lot of other programs. We focus on one class at a time for four weeks. And in that four weeks, we usually get a, like a, a patient case that we get information with. And as the weeks go on, we get bits and pieces to to help, you know, help with that case and bring things together. So this last, in like the fall, we had a, a guy named Paul and he was a, um, he was a diabetic, but also had some foot pain and balance issues. So we were learning about like 
sensory testing and balance and the ankle, ankle and foot anatomy. So kind of like um, uh, integrating a bunch of different things. So whether it's diabetes, diabetes wound management, a bunch of different things into our curriculum and help solve the case, you could say, and try and make it uh, applicable for us. So it's not just like lecture based. It's not like um, it's not just our professors lecturing, but we're doing a lot of group work, a lot of teamwork to try and figure out, OK, what's wrong with Paul? How can we help Paul with what we know right now? Uh, that's how a lot of our semesters are set up. So each at the end of the four weeks, we have one practical exam one written exam and that's really all we have and quizzes in between in that four weeks but it's not like you know like six quizzes in a week or you know three exams two practicals nothing like that it's it's very slow paced very group dynamic work and really working on communication critical thinking can you put together pieces of the puzzle to help build up the whole patient as a whole and that's what I, I really appreciate about our curriculum. I feel like they do a really good job integrating bits and pieces of the PT world and making sure we're not really overwhelmed. Yeah, I love that as problem-based learning. Is that what they consider it when they advertise? Like you go into it knowing this is not going to be set up like 19 credits all at once for 15 weeks. Um, mm -hmm. Did you know that applying for it? I found that, yeah, yeah, pretty, that from the website and from, I had a friend who's from Alaska who just graduated from there last January. So she kind of gave me the rundown on how things work at that school also. So I kind of had an idea what I was getting into before I applied. Got it. So that's really interesting. Every four weeks you have an exam, you got a couple quizzes in between. And we actually just talked with somebody I'm going on a lot of side rants today. I'm so sorry, guys. It makes sense in my head, but we just talked to a student in Australia. He's from Canada, and their school is set up the same way, but it's every five weeks. So what is the actual class called? Is there a name for the class, or is it based off of the case you have? Um, well, let's see. They have, like, they're called, like, PT603, like, neuro or pt604 cardio poem that's kind of what we call it by based on what we're kind of focused on for that that four-week module so i think uh when we go back in the spring it'll be pt606 lumbar pelvic like just based on the area that we're focused on that's what how they name the classes got it yeah that's really interesting and definitely a different way to have classes and to have one class for four weeks straight with a practical and an exam and what have you feel what what have you felt like has been a struggle for you over well really since you since you started if there is one um there definitely is one <laughs> but um i think for me it was early on it was not playing the comparison game because um, we, we have a, you know, people have a lot of different experiences. You know, some people come from athletic training backgrounds, some people have, you know, CBT, some people just out of undergrad. Um, I come from a biology background and I didn't really have a lot of the like hands-on anatomy stuff. 
And so when we do like labs and stuff and I'm just like watching other people like killing it with the, with the manips or stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of new to this. I, so it was really not trying to compare myself and understanding that, Hey, like you'll, you'll get it. Like you just might need a little, you just need to put in a little more time, a little more practice. And at the end of the day, like the curriculum set up that so that every one of us is able to do these um, skills. So I just need to look at it that way. Can't compare myself to what other people are doing, but I just need to focus on me and making sure I'm doing what I need to do to make sure I grasp this material, grasp these skills as best as I can. That's very true. The comparison game like, is the biggest problem we face as students because you've been trained your entire life to compare yourself to other people. Like that's what standardized tests are for and that's what we're trained to do. So it's extremely difficult to pull yourself out of that because you still need to be in it in a sense because you have, you know, you have to pass your class. You have to pass this big standardized test at the end of your PT school career. But I am wondering if your school, because um, I know you and I have talked about this before. You're like the setup and everything is really unique. Are the grading systems also a little different, kind of like Gabby's with the color system, or how is that? No. No, I think it's, I think it's a pretty standard grading system. You have to keep above a three O to stay off uh, academic probation. Um, you have to average a seventy three, at least on the written exams that we take because at the end of the semesters we have comprehensive exams so all your exams have to add up to 73 percent and if they don't then you fail the whole semester so I, I think but I think grading wise it's the same it's the same scale as normal uh, as other PT schools I do like the color idea though I think that's a good I like how they how you guys do that yeah the color system it is really cool and I hope programs go more to that because I mean when I came to my program they're like we don't we know how you are you are all very type a people and we know you're going to compare grades so this is why we implemented this you know pass fail system but then uh our you know end of semester it's pass fail but then we have our green yellow red system and you just know if you got a yellow that's it you don't have to stress unless it's you know, if you're applying to the military or any residency programs where you need your GPA for some reason, they'll calculate that. But for the most part, it's like, all right, I just know that I got somewhere in this range. But that was a, the comparison game is definitely, I mean, we all struggle with, with it one way or another. And um, no, it's, it's good to, to bring up, but you haven't had clinical rotations yet, have you? Um, we've had integrated clinical experiences. Um, so we just finished last semester. We had an inpatient rotation. So once a week for six weeks, we're at a hospital and I was in the neuro ward and it was cool because we just taken neuro. So some of the tests like DGI, FGA, was able to use it on like actual patients who it was actually applicable for. So I was really appreciative of the fact that, you know, we got to take the stuff from, you know, the book or the lectures and apply it to real time and deal with the whole other thing of, all right, how am I going to communicate this when I'm trying to get across to this patient? 
and do they understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, trying not to <laughs> be a nervous wreck because I was. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, it, it was a really good experience. And then in the spring, we have a, our outpatient ICE. So we'll, I'll be at an outpatient clinic for nine weeks, once a week for nine weeks. And it's kind of the same thing, kind of just trying to take what we learn in school and bring it to, to the clinic. And then we go on our full term, full, first full time, middle of June. This year? Yep. 2020, for those of you listening 10 years from now. <laughs> um, I think that's really awesome. I wish that I was in a problem-based learning program. Like, that's really cool. And I, I can appreciate you being able to apply the things you're learning because then you just retain it even better. Like, mm-hmm. and then you feel less stressed. And then, you know, the conversation we had before this call makes a lot of sense because that stress is just, you know, it's different because now you're applying things as they're coming and it's not like, here's a bunch of, bunch of stuff, remember it and then apply it in a year. <laughs> and it's such a different type of learning. And I think in the future, this is, this is my, um, what do you say? I'm totally blanking. Sarah is foreseeing what's going to be like, <laughs> foreshadowing the future. Yeah. Really, I think all programs will turn to this model of problem-based learning because you know what? Australia is already on top of it. Like European programs already on top of it. This is exactly what they do. So I think it's really cool that America is catching up to that. Side rant again. But what advice? <laughs> Actually, can we talk about what you're doing with Hoop Labs, or do you want to wait and talk about that with Ariana? I can we give can you guys do- a sneak peek, and then you can bring us back. Okay, okay, let's do that. Um, tell us a little bit about what you have going on as a side hustle right now. Yeah, so um, Ariana and I, Ariana Gomez and I, are working on our little project called the Hoop Lab, and we're trying to integrate the worlds of basketball and physical therapy together to try and reduce reduce injuries and get people playing basketball for longer essentially um so we both love basketball that's you know when we stressed out like that's where we go to so we were like okay can we find a way to combine the two and so the hoop lab is what we came up with for now while we're students and we have plans big plans for the future but we'll just keep it at that and you'll bring us back and we can explain it some more you guys we'll definitely have to see what Mang and Ariana have coming up because big things are planned and we we know it but we want to wait until she's on and really go in depth with that because having a side hustle as a student is incredible and it really does I feel like, I mean, you probably feel it too. It just helps with like the stress relief because whenever you don't want to study anymore, then you have that and you can work on your passion of, you know, doing things for um, the Hoop Labs, both of you. And we're just so excited for what's to come. No, no, thank you. Thank you. You guys, you guys played a big part in that. If you don't know already, but um, no, nah, we, we really appreciate it. We think it's, it's going to be pretty cool because it's kind of a, a space that hasn't really been um, delved into a lot. So we just are just trying to get organized, take action steps and 
just see where it can go because we do have big plans. We have big dreams for it and what it could turn into. So excited to see how that process goes. Same. Looking forward to it. And excited to see where both of you go to, because of course, you know, being in a business partnership or side hustle partnership, whatever you want to call it, you're in a partnership with another human being. And sometimes it can, you know, almost like in a relationship, I'm going on so many side rants today. I'm so sorry. Um, But you can kind of get consumed with your partnership and lose track of who you are as individuals. But I think it's really cool to see both of you as partners and individuals in the next year. Like, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like, but it's going to be awesome. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Can you talk about your gap year? <laughs> your gap time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I graduated in 2017 and I started working as a tech right away because I knew I had to retake AMP just because I was getting close to that five year window for when prereqs ran out. So I had to retake AMP and I needed to add uh, lifespan development as a course. So I knew that was on the horizon. But during that gap year, I kind of got like, you know, things were happening family-wise. And, and so I was like, basically this, I got a job in the public health field and it was my first like real job, right? So now all of a sudden, you get you know a salary you get health insurance you get benefits never had it before like from a job so I was like okay like maybe I'm going this direction so I try to talk myself into the public health field but as I was doing it you know I I, I loved it I, I mean I learned a lot and you know got to meet with some great people and do a lot of cool work but it wasn't really for me like it wasn't where I was supposed to be and it took me a while to to get to that point. I think it was, let's see, it would have been January. Well, it took me like January 2018 because that's when I decided to retake those classes, the AMP and the psych class. And I was like, okay, if I can get through those and do good on them, then I'm going to apply to PT school, like go all in because that's what I um that's really where I think my heart was. And I just was scared to admit it to myself because there was a lot of uncertainty about the future. And so once I came to that realization, then, you know, then classes went well, started applying and, you know, things went, things went good. And I was able to use that, that money. I say that to go travel a little bit, to go see some friends, to go to my first football game, to go to SSPT live, to meet up, with like a lot of my friends. So I really use that time to kind of try and find myself and, and what I wanted with my future. And that, that's, um, that's how I use my, my two years. I think that's, that's a really important part of your story, like for people to kind of relate to because you didn't go straight into physical therapy. Like there's a lot of people who, oh yeah, biology, you know, they think is similar to, you know, something you would do to get into physical therapy school like it's not that different in their heads but it can be really hard to get a job when you have a biology degree and I think it's cool that you got one and you liked it so much well you liked it to an extent that you felt you could have kept going with that Mm -hmm. is that am I saying that right is that kind of what you were thinking or Mm -hmm. 
And that takes a lot of bravery to kind of push in another direction into uncertainty, into your passion, into something completely new. And I just want to acknowledge that for a minute because this is very courageous and a lot more people, um, I hope, who hear this uh, can get a little bit of that courage out of it. No, I appreciate that. Um, I, I kind of totally forgot now that that was part of it, but that was a big part of that journey to get to this point where to where I'm at right now. Because if I had, I'd probably be less happy. I probably, I wouldn't know you guys. Like I wouldn't have been an SSPT. I wouldn't have been an accepted system. Like none of this would have happened if I hadn't stepped out of my comfort zone and gone after something that no one in my immediate circle has ever gone after. And so I don't, I didn't kind of, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just gonna, like chasing something. Let's see where it goes. So no, I appreciate that. I heard this. Uh, I don't even know if it's an analogy, but it was from Chanel Yoder. Shout out to her. It was on the live last night for everybody listening. We're still in, this was in 2020. Um, but she said it was a door that opened for her and that's led her to the life that she has today and everything that she built. And I feel like that's, that's very similar to, you know, you, um, you made like the connections, you, uh, traveled, you got to meet all these people. And if it wasn't for them, then you wouldn't be in the place that you are today and have all these things going on for you as a student. So that was just another side rant. We're just going on the side <laughs> rants tonight. <laughs> but shout out Chanel though. Chanel's a boss. So if y'all don't know Chanel Yoda, you need to like do your homework. Cause yeah, <laughs> exactly. And what advice would you give to a current SPT? To a current SPT? I would say your time management is essential. Trying to schedule out your days so that you know when you have to get things done. But also not like revolving your life around school. Because I mean, like, it's cool to get hundreds on exams and a hundred and hundreds on quizzes but is it really worth it like no not really I mean you gotta especially if you're in a new spot like go explore your city go make meet new people build new relationships like go grow as a person like school is not all your life so that'd be my biggest piece of advice find that school life balance and work on building you as much as you're trying to build your clinical skills that's perfect advice. And everybody needs to hear that. And we do all know this, but it's great to have those reminders because PT school is not just your life. You have other things outside of it and you're, you're a whole person. So thank you for reminding everyone that, including ourselves, all of us. And for everyone who wants to reach out to you and hear more about your story or has questions about whatever, um, where can they reach out to you? You can follow me. Uh, you can send me a message on Instagram um, at FTJR15. Same handle on Twitter. And then just my name on Facebook. F-A-R-I-M-A-N-G-T-O-U-R-A-Y-J-R Jr. And that's how you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ming. We appreciate yeah. you.
Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.